Hey. Oh, hey, I figured it out. <laughs> Hi, yeah. how are you? I'm good. I was hoping you figured it out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, he must have sent me a link. And normally everybody, I mean, everything goes in my calendar. So I'm clicking on the calendar. I'm like, that doesn't take me. I'm like, oh, wait, he texted me something on Instagram. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah, nice to meet you. How are you, Desmond? I'm doing good. I'm on my lunch break. It's nice to meet you, too. Yeah. Where are you located that you're on your lunch break? I'm in New Jersey. Oh, no way. Whereabouts? I am 15 minutes near Philadelphia. I'm in South Jersey. No way. My husband's from there. Whereabouts? Really? Really? Yeah. Are you serious? I am serious. My husband's um, parents live in Moorestown, M-O-O-R-E-S town, uh, which is about 10 minutes from Cherry Hill. And so when, when we go and visit for Christmas, we stay downtown Philly and drive over for 20 minutes. Nice. Yeah. So whereabouts nice. are you? Um, I'm in Deptford. That's where I live at currently. Oh, I don't know where that is. But I do it's know like, it's very close. <laughs> yeah, it's like 15 minutes from like Cherry Hill and like 20 minutes from Morristown. The other oh. Morristown. Oh, yeah. You know, I have to tell people it's M-O-O-R-E-S. <laughs> yes, because a lot of people get confused with I-S instead of E-S. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly. Well, it's nice to meet you, Desmond. I love what you're doing and all your motivation. Um, you know, talking and guidance to people. It's just wonderful. So thanks for having me over on your show. Thank you for accepting my invitation. I appreciate you. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm ready when you are. All right. So first question, what got you into U.S. immigration law? Hello? Desmond, are you there? I think I yeah, lost for a second. My my internet was thinking about things. <laughs> <laughs> Don't uh, it always, right? <laughs> Seriously. Email off before it starts uh, making a lot of noise. One second. No problem. Take your time. And then I'm going to turn off some of these noise too. Um, one second. Let me just turn this. Take your time. Otherwise, people keep pinging me and you'll be like, that's just such an annoyance. One second. It happens to me, too. Mm, OK, I'm ready. OK, so your first question is, what got you into U.S. immigration law? All right. Well, you know, um, I moved from the United Kingdom in 2005 and I was a lawyer in the UK, but I had to re-qualify in the United States. So when I, uh, New York bar while living, I got limited in the areas of because has a state, our state laws, you must have a state license to be able to practice that but immigration is a federal area of law, which means you can practice it anywhere in the country. And so immigration kept following me as a subject matter. And I kept saying, no, thank you. 
<laughs> I don't want to practice immigration. But it turned out the third or fourth offer that I got in immigration was a good one. I could, for a few years, do something else. The moment yes to immigration, my life felt complete, believe it or not. Uh, it felt like everything I wanted to do with the law uh, was all in immigration. Help directly with their fundamental needs in life, which is security, livelihood, being with loved ones. Um, that is met. Uh, I wanted to always practice a challenging area of law that was interesting and would keep me on my toes. Immigration does that. And I can also see the beginning and end of a case, even if it takes a little while longer than it used to. But essentially, a client will come to me and say, I need such and such visa. And, you know, within a couple of years, normally you're able to complete the case and you're able to see the impact you've made on somebody's life. And so while I went into immigration kicking and screaming, once I started practicing it, I realized it was my calling in life. Nice. And it's funny that originally you didn't want no parts of doing it. That's the crazy part. <laughs> no, it really is. It's like the universe uh, wants you to do something. And until you raise your hand, universe I give in <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> chase you and it, for me it's immigration law but for your listeners it could be something else exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how life really works it really is yeah and you know I think that a lot of times I don't know Des have you watched the movie sliding doors I've With heard of it but I've never watched it what is that about I really recommend people watch it. It's about Gwyneth Paltrow as a character. And she's in London. She's getting, um, you know, into the subway, which, you know, in, the Lon in London, it's called the Tube. And it's her story of how life would be if she was on that train and if she didn't get on that train. And the sliding door is a door closed before she could get on the train. And so it's an interesting movie because she end, ends up where she's supposed to end, end up. It's just life is a little different if you're on the train or not on the train. Right. And so I think that's a real great demonstration of what life and the universe is, that you will end up where you're supposed to end up. Your journey might be just a little different. Very true. We all have to go in different directions in life and try to find our purpose. Mm -hmm. So yeah. true. But I'm glad you did uh, stick to doing immigration law because God has a plan for all of us and he has it specifically for you. <laughs> I think so. I, th I think so, too. <laughs> I'm still trying to find it, but I'm following I'm following the path that I, I'm shown. Exactly, because he won't keep throwing over and over again. It's like a message. It's like a hint. Do this. Do this. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I went. I went to an event last night, and somebody reminded me about Oprah. Oprah Winfrey often talks about the whisper. Yeah, yeah. We'll whisper you. We'll whisper in your ear something. will get out. You actually cannot mistaken that whisper for the, a clear message. So we all have that. 
in some way or another. It's whether we're listening or not. Exactly. You have to always have an ear for everything. You got to pay attention. It's <laughs> always a sign somewhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. So my next question is talk about your radio show that you hosted for two years. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for asking that. I loved my radio show. Okay. So in Seattle, Washington, particularly when I moved here from London, there wasn't a a Bollywood radio station. Now, I grew up in London, and anybody who's been there will know that, you know, the, the South Asian community is very vibrant, and there are many radio stations where they would have live um, music and live Indian news, Bollywood news, um, and I moved here, and I missed that music. You know, in the morning when I'd get up and get ready, I'd listen to Bollywood music. And at the time, you know, Pandora and none of these, you know, online um, music streams um, were quite functioning yet. Or I don't even know if they existed quite then. So this radio station um, approached me. They were buying out uh, local radio stations. They wanted to a Bollywood and uh, South Asian radio station. So they approached me, the owners, and said, hey, will you please come and do a show? And Again, I went into it kicking and screaming. It seems to be a pattern. <laughs> but <laughs> um, now that I'm talking about it, I didn't realize that. But I went into it kicking and screaming. And I said, you know, I'm just an immigration lawyer. What am I going to do on radio? And they said, no, no, no. You can talk about, you know, the immigration laws and the rules that are changing and what people need to know. And I said, oh, I, I can do that well. And it turned out the very first day of being on radio, I fell in love with it. And okay. I thought, oh, my gosh, you know can really share what's happening on the ground to a very wide audience. And one of the coolest things about being on radio was that this station would often play ads for my show. You know, it's called Tamina Talks Immigration. That would, and it would say, Tamina Talks Immigration, tune in at 10 a.m. on Tuesday. And when I'd be in the car with my kids, every time it would come, like, ah. <laughs> Like a superstar. Um, So I had this radio show for two years live. I just popped into the station, did my show and left. And they would give me an MP3 uh, recording of it. And initially I was like, I don't know what to do with it. So I just put it on SoundCloud. Somebody said, oh, you know, somebody put it on SoundCloud. You can do that. So that's where I stored them. I didn't necessarily think of it anything more than saving my shows. But two years later, the radio station had to close down. And okay. I, don't, I don't know the radio business as much, but I think they didn't have enough ads or what have you. For business reasons, they had to shut down. But in the meantime, I've fallen in love with my radio show. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like, oh, my God, how am I going to talk to the people? And um, that's when I really intentionally made it into a podcast. So all of my shows were already saved on SoundCloud, but I fell into this situation of, I didn't know how good I had it, you know, and, and, and Desmond, you know, you're running a podcast. There's a lot of work you have to do. And I'm so honored you're having me on your show, spending your time. Where do I get a studio? How do I do editing? And so it took a lot of time to figure out how to 
um, conduct a podcast, but I, I did figure it out. And now I actually have a podcast studio in my house. My husband built it for me, which was nice. really, really cool. Yeah, it's it's a COVID thing. Um, but we he converted a closet into a studio from where I am sitting at the moment talking to you. And, okay. um, you know, that's so the, my radio station. I loved it. It was really fantastic. Uh, I had a lot of people listening to my show. And now it is a podcast available on SoundCloud, um, Spotify, Apple, you name it, it's there. Uh, and so I only where I talk about immigration laws that are changing or need to change. I interview people who are thought leaders on immigration or people who are immigrants who are, you know, great examples of what immigrants um, are contributing to America. Right. That's awesome. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, so moving on to the next question. Talk about owning your own law firm. Oh, goodness. Well, that's a, that's a, an interesting subject matter. I will simplify it in the sense that running a law firm is essentially like most businesses. You know, it is a business. You have an entity. You have to pay taxes. Uh, you have to do payroll taxes, all of those things. Right. But what I love about my law firm is that I can be the best person that I am meant to be by helping people in some of the most difficult circumstances they face. And so when I say difficult circumstances, what do I mean? As an immigration attorney, I am uniting loved ones or matching talent with businesses. In both situations, I am either dealing with their loved ones or their livelihoods, two of the most important things in people's lives. So the burden is a very high one in how you serve people in these situations. Quite often in immigration, there are long delays, there are twists and turns in the processes and procedures and there are often things that come up that change your strategy. In all of these situations, people are often anxious, um, scared because they don't know what to expect. And they need somebody to hold their hands quite tightly. I'm very happy to say that I'm able to do all of those things with my clients. It doesn't always take away the anxiety, but one of the things I say to my clients and I don't always say this to them, but often they will not know how much sleep I have lost because I need to find a solution for them. And only when I found a solution for them will I actually tell them what the problem is. And even before I tell them what the problem is, before they freak out, I come up with, hey, there's a solution to this, so don't freak out. It's an interesting area of law because it is so impactful on their lives that you cannot help but be anxious of the process right. but as I said earlier you know I wanted something that was challenging um, and I could see the results and that's exactly what I'm able to do so my I call it my day job my day job is helping clients with these issues not that I have spare time in my 
spare time, <laughs> I <laughs> on human rights issues. So my passion is really protecting people's rights, bringing legal representation to those who do not have it. Particularly over the last five years, when we had a different administration that looked at immigration as something negative in this country, they created a lot of obstacles for immigrants. They mm -hmm. took a lot of rights away from immigrants. And so in my non-spare time, I'm able to help find solutions to bring access to counsel, access to lawyers for vulnerable people who need help. So, for example, um, over the last few years, I help with people who were subject to the travel ban, the Muslim ban. I help people who were in Washington state that were separated from their children um, and everything in between. And currently, I'm helping find and create some solutions. Not It's not going to solve everything, but some solutions, lawyers for desperate and vulnerable Afghan nationals whose lives are at, are at risk. Got you. That sounds like a lot going on. <laughs> I sometimes think to myself, why am I doing this? And then the next breath, I'm like, I know why I'm doing this. I have a purpose. Exactly. It goes back to what I said earlier. God kept throwing the boomerang at you over and over again. Look. <laughs> You're going to do this one way or another. There's no way else. Yeah, seriously. It's, it goes back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You got to love how life works. Yeah, seriously. And, you know, I think your listeners, and you will probably appreciate this, when you're meant to do something, you're going to be magnetically pulled towards it, right. whether you like it or not. It's something in your heart, something in your gut will tell you you have to do this. And that's something that I listen to um, all the time. Yes. You always got to go with your gut instinct all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you live with the result afterwards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if that means less sleep, then so be it. It want, You got to give and take. That's how it <laughs> always goes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so your next question is speak on the ups and downs of motherhood Ooh, oh my gosh you know every mother this episode relate to it um the ups and downs are often the same yes you know it's the same thing that the ups and the downs uh let's even begin my i have daughters absolutely beautiful um, most loving beings on earth um, one is 11 and one is nine they nice. are truly daddy's girls <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they know how to wrap everyone around their fingers I mm. think the the ups are that the love that children bring into your life really fill holes you didn't know you had Right. They also make you want to be a better person and they help you make a better person. I remember when my older child was born, um, you know, babies cry a lot. 
even yes, though <laughs> my older child was a an angel she cried when she needed a diaper change or food and you get used to that and after a while particularly as new mothers it becomes white noise and i remember going to a client meeting where the client brought their newborn and i didn't know crying throughout after the client left the receptionist called me aside and said tamina my head was hurting that mm. baby cried the whole time i said you know i did not notice for a second <laughs> i really didn't and you know that's what happens you you learn to ignore the things that in your past life would have bothered you and when right. I say past life, you know, pre-baby, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're, you're a new person. You're a completely new person after the baby, whether your body shape has changed completely and your mindset changes. Right. Um, on, the, on the struggles is there are never enough hours in the day. You never. Know, as, as a working mother particularly, and I think your listeners will appreciate this, we always live in guilt. You know, am I doing enough for my child? Am I cooking enough nutritious food for them? And I have to tell you, Des, I've been to McDonald's so many times over the last 18 months <laughs> just to get out of the house, you know, have a little drive through, you know, don't have to cook. Um, yes, I, I have had more McDonald's in the last 18 months than I have had in the last 18 years. But, you know, those... <laughs> Those are some of the challenges uh, and um, the guilt we live with. You know, are we spending enough time with them? Are they having too much screen time? You know, are they doing enough ex extracurricular? Um, there are lots of challenges, but, you know, you're raising a, the next generation of, of people, citizens. And what I have come to say to myself is that the best I can do is the best I can do. That's all you can do. If everyone is healthy and happy, you know, uh, they've got a roof over their heads, um, some food on the table, you know, um, <laughs> I think we're good. And so I've learned to let go of the dishes that are in the sink. I've let go of the laundry that, sits in the laundry basket forever and people need to you know sift through various laundry baskets to find underwear you know <laughs> um, life, life has become a true juggling act and particularly over the last four or five years when there were real crises in the world people's lives were at stake you know dirty laundry doesn't even come close to those solutions that need to have the time spent on those and so as a mother my goal is to make sure my children are happy and healthy and well um, and they are doing the best that they can and I am trying to accept it's always a struggle that I can only do the best that I can but I have as we've talked about already a calling to serve humanity in the best way I can with the craft and skills I have right. and often the balancing act is where do you put your time but one of the things I will say Des and your your listeners might appreciate this is in all of the last 18 months 20 months of COVID 
one of the realizations I had was, where's the time for me? Right. You, <laughs> you always know? yourself. You always do, especially your parents. Yeah. You know, I don't think many of us think about that. We're always on this hamster wheel. But I have to say that in the last few months, I've taken it upon myself to remind my friends who are in leadership positions, who are lawyers, who are mothers, who are juggling a lot of things to say, hey, take time out for yourself, even right. if it's 10 minutes. And you might realize this, Des, that for us as individuals to keep going, we also have to nourish ourselves. Yes. And you don't know that or appreciate that or internalize that until you're at breaking point. When you're at breaking point, you realize you need to do something. And it's only then that people take stock. But at that point, you might have got some um, problems that are difficult to solve, whether it's an illness or a disease or a weakness or some mental health issues. We all have them. Yes. And so one of the if there's one thing that listeners should take away is that yes i've talked about law and motherhood and work but i want you to take away that you as an individual are important for you as an individual to make your purpose more meaningful in this in this world you've got to make sure you take care of yourself first Put the oxygen mask on your face. What what could that look like for you? It could be a walk in the park. It could be meditation. It could be going to the gym. It could be anything that makes your heart slow down and give you some calmness so that you can be a better person, not just for yourself, but everybody around you. Amen to that. You definitely got to make time for yourself or you'll just lose yourself in this crazy world we live in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's also interesting that um, people, we are mirrors of what we want to see. Right. And so if you want your surroundings to be happier and more peaceful, you've got to be that reflection in that mirror. And so I think it's very important for people to realize that go take 10 minutes for yourself or 15 and increase that time if you can and are able to, but at least 10 minutes in the day just to have a quiet moment so you can ground yourself, you know, just calm yourself and then be a better person for the next task at hand. Right. I totally agree with that. Totally. <laughs> it took a lot of learning, I have to say. <laughs> I would say every day you learn something new, whether it's small oh. or big. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. So move on to the next question. Uh, talk about the web app that you helped co-found. Sure. So um, I have to give a shout out to two technology companies. One was called Neo, uh, Neotologic and the other one was called Clio. They both exist. When the travel ban initially was implemented in January 2017, and you and your listeners will remember the news channels all showing people turning up at airports, whether you were a lawyer or not, there was a real need for lawyers to help people who are being detained. And 
remember, but people were banned from America, whether they were getting on wherever they were in the world, whether they were in the air and didn't know they were banned, or they had just landed and they're still on, on the plane, on the tarmac. And the what happened was, uh, you know, we talked about I was on the radio show and yeah. I was able to tell everybody, hey, you immigration lawyers likely, and if you do, I will be able to help you. And when this travel ban happened, people knew to come to me. And suddenly I couldn't keep up with the demand. A lot of people like, you know, I have a cousin on the plane. I have a member from this organization. We need help to get them out. And so when these two organizations had reached out, not to me, they had reached out to a different immigration lawyer whom I was working with. And so there were two other co-founders. Uh, their name are, names are Takao Yamada and Greg McClawson, both lawyers. And um, the basically the this the three lawyers and the two technology companies we got together and the tech companies put together the google form i was working with um and they made it into a web portal with some of those questions to navigate passengers who are arriving in the us and matching them with lawyers who who could help them wherever they were landing and so it took about a week after the travel ban to put together and then a week the web app was connected to 25 plus airports around the country. It was an incredible um, demonstration of collaboration where people from different walks had come together to really make a difference. And it was also um, an incredibly useful tool for matching the need, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, that made total sense. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm I'm very proud of at that time. You know, there are desperate times. You've got to think outside the box <laughs> to be able to be an effective uh, solution provider. We did something new and helpful, and we helped a lot of people. Well, that's a good thing. It's always good to help people any way you can. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to be a lawyer to do that. Any of your no. listeners would be able to help anyone if they just pick a, an area of choice that they are interested in using the skills they have. I'm sure they'd be able to make a big difference. That's right. And most skills are not acquired overnight. It usually happens <laughs> over time. That's right. That's right. But, you know, sometimes, you know, if you want to go to a food shelter, for example, you just have to serve food. You know, we can we can really what we need is the intent to help. Yes. Definitely. You got to put the effort out there. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So your next question, talk about your book called The Startup Visa. And how do you feel like it has affected other people's life? Oh, thank you so much for asking me about the book. So yes. as an immigration attorney, I am often helping individuals who are starting companies. And often these individuals or groups of individuals have somebody who's not American. And they need visas to work in this country. Now, just in case your listeners don't know, if you want to legally work in the U.S., you must have a visa 
that is valid and specific to that company. We do not have a visa that is specifically for startups. We do have work visas, but they have different requirements and different circumstances, but nothing geared towards the modern day technology solution or startups that exist at, at this time in history, because our laws are from the 1950s and 60s. And so uh, the book is a a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of history so people can understand how America came to be the entrepreneurial um, society that it is. You know, when people were being persecuted in their own countries, they fled to America. And, you know, our founding fathers were part, you know, saw what... um, people were doing to America when they moved here. They were creating jobs, they were creating economic prosperity. Um, And so I talk a little bit about the history, but then I also talk about example. Your listeners might know the, the, the jeans brand Levi's. They may not know that Levi's was an immigrant to the United States. You know, he was a first generation immigrant. He came Europe and he created the genes. So there are there are lots of different stories of different times in America with examples of immigrants who have made a difference here. And then I talk about the law and what is challenging for founders who want a visa. But within that, I also describe problems that they can fix for their own situation. So it's helpful for people who are looking for visas to be able to help them navigate the system. And then I also advocate for what can change in the law to make it easier for founders with existing visa categories. I'm very proud to say that this book was submitted to Congress when it was having a hearing on this issue. And um, the book came out in July 2021. It's a second edition. The first, yeah, it was interesting because each book has a different journey. The first edition came out in 2015. And so, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of each of the editions. And, you know, I, someday, another day, I'll talk about the journeys of each book. But it's interesting going through this process. And so if your listeners have written books, they'll probably understand what I'm talking about. But from, I really thought the second edition wouldn't be too difficult to write. But honestly, it was a lot more work than I thought. But it's a very impactful book. And I, if anybody is interested in immigration and entrepreneurship and why it matters, I would highly recommend they read this book and share it with people who are in this space. Nice. It sounds like a definitely a good read. Yes, I have had a lot of great feedback. So, and, you know, I, even if I say so myself, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good read. <laughs> nice. It's nothing wrong with patting yourself on the back. You put the work in. You deserve it. You put the work in. Oh, thank you so much. It's, it's often difficult to accept that, but I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, it's better to be humble most of the time. It's okay to accept. When somebody says you did something good, it's like, okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, Desmond. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So 
Next question. Let's talk about your other book um, called The Legal Heroes in the Trump Era. Yeah, you know, that book I am also very proud of. I had to write that book relatively quickly from the moment I had this idea. And what I will say to your listeners, if they are podcast listeners generally, and uh, they might find it useful to listen to my podcast, Tamina Talks Immigration, both the books that we have just mentioned have a series to go with them. So there's a Legal Heroes series. There's also a Startup Visa series. And Legal Heroes is really a, a take on what we just talked about. Everybody can help. Right. And Legal Heroes is about a handful of lawyers, just an example of lawyers who stepped up to help people when their rights were being taken away. Um, and so there are examples of nonprofit lawyers, solo lawyers, retired lawyers, who basically said, you know, I am going to help protect the rule of law. And, you know, not only did we all protest, but we all did new things. And I think people will be inspired by these stories and they will look within themselves thinking, what can I do? to help people. And so that was primarily the purpose to inspire people by telling the stories of what ordinary people did to accomplish extraordinary results. Nice. So what got you into wanting to write books yourself? You know, it's interesting because I never really thought I would write books. I was, um, a very avid, and I still am, advocate for the start. In 2013, we came very reform. And so I have a client who now lives in Africa, who is doing an amazing job helping startups. And he said to me, Tamina, why are you not writing a book about why we need this visa? And I have a blog, if anybody's interested, my website is watsonimmigrationlaw.com slash blog. There's a blog at that um, URL I just mentioned. So I was writing a lot about these issues. And the moment he made that suggestion, I said, oh, yes, I can write a book. I have a lot of material already. And so that's how the book came. It's because... Uh, an amazing client of mine suggested it and I said, okay, and here I am. And then the legal heroes really came because I was afraid of what the 2020 election could bring for us. And I wanted to make sure people were inspired to take action for themselves and for everybody around them. Nice. Well, that makes total sense. It's better to do something than not do anything at all. Oh, I so agree with that. I so agree. I find that the moment you're anxious about something and you sit there and don't do anything, you're even more anxious. But right. if you can use that anxiety to fuel you to do something positive, you're actually forgetting about the fear and you're doing something good with it. You're, you're making progress on the thing that is worrying you. And that's really what um, the books have done for me, the podcast has done for me, blogging has done for me. I now write for a legal magazine online every two weeks. And that also is an outlet for me to tell people 
what's going on 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 the ground that is affecting you know clients of mine and so i totally agree with you desmond that it's better to do something than not and right. what you do depends on what your interests are and what you think you could just do something keep moving that's right. You can't stay still. You got to keep <laughs> progressing forward. Which is not to say you shouldn't take 10 minutes out for yourself. <laughs> exactly. Take 15 minutes. Just carve out some time. Meditate. Um, go walking. Go to the gym. Do something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't want people to think I'm contradicting myself. <laughs> definitely don't want them to think that. They're like, whoa, what is Tamina talking about? <laughs> yeah. But like I don't know should we believe her or not let's go investigate real fast <laughs> yeah and then tell me the results <laughs> yeah the poll the polls are not up yet so you don't have to worry about it right now <laughs> so your final question um, compare your life in London to live in the US you know, I will direct people to an article I wrote. Okay. And if, if people Google my name, Tamina Watson, and the Seattle Times, I wrote an article published in the Seattle Times about my story of becoming a U.S. citizen. And while I was writing that article, it dawned on me, and it's written in that article, that I had a lot of dreams, and even though I didn't have the American dream per se, America make, made all my dreams come true. And I think that is a profound statement because it applies to a lot of people who aspire to being American, achieving the American dream. So... I loved my life in the United Kingdom. It's my home. It will forever be my home. But the United States is also my home. It's my current home. Uh, and I feel that I'm here. Uh, this is where I have my beautiful husband and children. I have a fulfilling job. I have a content life. And I really feel like I'm making a difference in the world. And so maybe I would have done the same thing in the United Kingdom, but I'm doing it here. And so I would say that I, I'm grateful to both countries where I was born and where I live now. And who knows where I'll die? I will die wherever the universe wants me to die. <laughs> and I'll be... back to God again. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I am very grateful to both countries for one for raising me uh, from, you know, being a little girl to a grown up and then the other raising me into the best human being I can be. Right. Right. And are you going to buy any stock into McDonald's as much as you go? <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> they should know you on a first name basis by now. <laughs> oh, well, they probably know the car for sure. The dirty car. That's just there asking for chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just Miss Watson. Just let her through, man. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> 
So at this point in my podcast, I always turn it over to my guests and ask, do you have any questions you want to ask me? Uh, you know, I have never been asked that question. See? I, say, <laughs> I love it. Well, Desmond, then I will ask you, what is the one takeaway you'll have from our conversation? Oh, man. There's a few, but one of the biggest things is just be available to help people, man, in whatever shape or form you can. Whether something's small or big, you're, you try to make a difference in this world. You can't just sit on the sidelines and watch life go by because there's always somebody who needs help with something. I love it. Thank you, Desmond. You, I could not have said it better. Thank you. No, no problem. I definitely learned more about immigration law today. Some things I didn't know about. Now I do know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad to hear it. And I hope your listeners will be inspired to learn more about immigration. It's certainly always in the news. Um, and then maybe even think about um, signing up to our blog to learn what's going on. And then following me on Above the Law. Above the Law is a legal magazine, legal publication online, where I write every two weeks. And then, of course, I have my podcast called Tamina Talks Immigration. There you go. You are, I was going to tell you to promote your stuff. You already did it. <laughs> Thank you, Desmond. I'm so grateful that you had me on your show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you accepting my invite. I was too excited. I was like, yes. Oh, well, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. Yes, yes. So is there anything else you would like to say to the listeners? Any upcoming events going on? Any new books in the works? Uh, I would say if I have books coming out, they'll be on my blog. Uh, they may be, you know, I have some new interests and I'm thinking about some new books. I just don't have enough hours in the days. <laughs> so, um, but I, you know, I would love for people to follow me and connect me, connect with me on LinkedIn or wherever, because I do know that often people have a desire to do something and, when they see others doing something, that's when they realize, yes, I can do something more, or this is what I can do, or tell me what I can do. And I'm, I'm, can tell you what you can do. <laughs> so <laughs> follow me where you want and reach out if you want to have any help in figuring out what you want to do, but also if you want to know more about immigration. Definitely. I'll definitely follow you. You're on Spotify too, right? I am, yes. All right. I'll definitely follow you right after this podcast. <laughs> well, thank you. No problem. So once again, I want to thank you for coming on to the Dez Experience. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate you too. No problem. You have a blessed rest of your day ahead. You too. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.